Welcome to the North Shore Podcast. The North Shore Podcast is recently aligned with the Center Right Radio Network. Civil discourse is possible. My name is Pete, and I'm joined by my co-host, Robin Metz. How you doing, Robbie? I'm doing great, Pete. It's an exciting, cold day here. How are you? Can I call you Robbie? Or your friends call you Rob? You can call me anything you want. I'm wearing my sweatshirt M for Mets. Really? Okay, great. Or me. North Shore Podcast is sponsored by Shark Guy Beach Fishing. They're the premier South Florida beach fishing experience out of Longboat Key, Florida. They're world-renowned captains. Not only put you on the fish, but they'll help you and your family make a memory of a lifetime. Check them out on Facebook or at sharkguybeachfishing.com to schedule an outing. Shark Guy is your guy for your next charter. Pew, pew. You like you like Shark Guy? Do I like Shark Guy? Yeah. Uh, Shark Guy sounds exciting. Sound, Shark Guy sounds like I need to understand what's going on. About that. Yeah. I yeah. need to know. Well, like I said, you know, I've got enough people who want to take a bite out of my ass. So Rob, what's your uh, what's your background, man? This is our first North Shore podcast uh, together, North Shore Chicago podcast. I'm basically I'm just a simple man with basic needs. Basic needs like million dollars, two million, three million, four million. Well, you know, so that's you know that's a that's a big question actually, and I think that we could come up with a a completely separate. Uh, discussion on how much is enough. I mean, everybody, at least um, every male that I know that is out in the rat race, you know, that doesn't inherit billions of dollars from whomever, whomever, uh, they always have that question. And, and, you know, so then you get into the, uh, well, how much are you spending and what's your budget? Do you want a vacation and blah, 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 blah. That's the big question is how, how much money do you need to actually specifically do what you want to do specifically objective. We don't like subjective. This is where this podcast came from, right? We had, uh, we had a bunch of people want to get into political stuff and uh, we started on the Lake Forest podcast. That's more of a local news thing and yep. has its time and a place, but uh, this is, this is more on the politics. Hopefully all the people that want to get into the weeds of the stuff, we, we, we created this and hopefully it'll be like a, a smart podcast where it's something besides Biden sucks and totally. uh, Pritzker sucks. And hopefully we can give some objective data. Now I'm not the most political guy, Rob, but how, how did you get into politics? When did it start when you started to make money and you started to get taxed? No, well, uh, actually not. Um, so I, I, I'm from the North shore born and raised I, I got I got politically active in college uh, with I went to a really small school Marietta College Southeastern Ohio a baseball school I, I thought I was going to be uh, Jody Davis turned out oh. that I'm not <laughs> Jody and I just got I I got involved in political science classes and I was just politically aware my mom actually. Back in Chicago in the 70s, um, she worked for like the ACLU. She wasn't an attorney, but she was just politically gla- yeah. grassroots uh, engaged. 
it's kind of like an elephant doesn't forget. I am definitely not the smartest apple in the bunch by far. Smart. But I remember stuff. And if the stuff that you're interested in, you know, if you remember it, then you can pull that stuff out as you begin to see a different cycle and kind of the same things start to emerge. So I was politically active. I was genuinely curious. I, I liked following trends. But you, right. you're also politically engaged and active and curious. Where did that come from? I got, I got a little bit more time than I used to. You know, I, I started out in the corporate world for 20 plus years. And so I started a mental health business and I got into the podcast business. Uh, I tried to volunteer uh, to my community in Lake Forest with the caucus, did it for a couple of years. And uh, I'm not a political activist. I'm a, I guess, a bullshit activist. I, I believe everybody, ha I respect everybody's point of view, even though if it's, <laughs> even though it's not mine and they're wrong. I think people are good and, and something got ran amiss here in the last 10 years when we got maybe more than 10 years, when we started to get uh, the cell phones in 2007, I think things started to go awry. And uh, I think more people are willing to step forward. So that's why, why I'm into it. I'm not a big, you're the political guy. I'm just trying to learn. I'm going to ask questions and, you know, I'll, I'll take the bullets and arrows with you. I mean, I've already taken it by, you know, talking with you, but you, know, you, you never done anything wrong to me. So you're a smart guy, you know, you got, you got points. And then if somebody's got the guts to come on and, you know, take the other side, we welcome on, but nobody ever wants to take the other side, you know? So I, I, just I imagine, I imagine we'll be able to find some, I, I, I um, as engaged as I've been in the community and for those that are watching this kind of for the first time, uh, long story short, I'm the founder of the Lake Bluff Militia, uh, good or bad, like I got all kinds of lumps for that, but there's plenty of reasons for it, which over some other episodes we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, I'm also the guy that uh, ran the, the 10 Trump car parades through Lake Bluff, Lake Forest, Highwood, Fort Sheridan, Highland Park, Northbrook, Deerfield, Lincolnshire, and Waukegan. I am not a savory character for what used to be probably 55% of the North Shore, but now based on what's all been happening since January 20th, you know, it's probably down to 42%. You're an acquired and taste is what you're saying. It goes, it, the, the majority, it goes with the polling. And, uh, you know, what, what's, what, what, what's happening now is, which we're going to talk about is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a professional politician. I'm a guy that's witnessed stuff over time. I like to recognize, I like to learn from various sources and not summarize my opinion based on any one of them. I, I watch Fox News. I watch Rachel Maddow. I watch CNN. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I will not pay for a New York Times, but if there's one in the airport, I'll read it. You know, I think they have a, an absolutely wonderful ex-US, you know, international section that goes into politics like mm -hmm. nothing else does. The Sun-Times are obviously the, the, the trip isn't going to go into that stuff. But I used to be a, a corporate guy, 
long story short, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, I was basically metabolized and crapped out. And this is what you get now. <laughs> but I really look forward to having just open, honest, frank discussion. And I promise you, if I have an opinion on something, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm going to say it. And uh, things like the swimmer, you know, at University of Pennsylvania that just won up is it's an absolute bunch of crap. And that, that, that that's allowed to occur. What the hell do you think was going to happen when you started allowing, you know, you started creating, building the awareness and, and how wonderful, you know, all the LGBTQ and everything else is. And then you get some guy that, you know, loses, can't make it as a, as a man decides for whatever is in his head that he's going to become a woman and all that goes along with that. Then he goes into some heats, he wins all that stuff, and now we've got this huge debate. I saw a meme this morning that I love. Let's get a wig on Mike Tyson. Let's let's let him go into the into the ring as a woman and resurrect his career and probably kill like you know how many women that would go into the ring with him. I, I, you know, so at what point does the insanity end? I. But why why is it allowed why is it allowed to happen? Look, if we're supposed to believe the science, right? That's like with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is there male, female, or or there's not? You don't understand. There, there there's there's double standard bullshit everywhere. And uh, one of the things that I thought that we could talk about today is like how what what is the root cause of all of this shit? First of all, I'm a freedom guy. I, I am a George Washington fought for your right to do whatever you want to do. And I believe that. And I believe well, that in limited government and, you know, they shouldn't be in our stuff. In our well, that guy should be able to pick whatever he wants to be. Just don't compete. As far as I'm concerned, like I'm, I'm a conservative guy, but live and let live, love whoever you want, like do all that stuff. But honestly, I don't want to hear about your fetish. You don't want to hear about my fetish. What about? Yeah, I definitely if, don't. And how about how about this fetish? Imagine this for a second. I think it's really cool. You've heard this one before, but the aliens of people that are watching this now—they've never heard it. So, warning: this is a this is a bit of creative originality that you'll get from this brain here. I want to take a crap in a bag. And I want to give you the crap in the bag. And I want to hand it to you in the middle of church because that's my fetish. Now, if I handed somebody my biggest crap in a one-gallon freezer bag Double in bag. church, I think people would say, what are you doing? Like, put that away. What, what are you doing? And, of course, they would be right. But at what point does a fetish become enough already? What I think we should do keep your damn fetish to yourself. Like, I don't need to know who you want to sleep with. I don't need to know that you want to change your sex. I don't need to know that you used to be a woman and now you're a man or vice versa. It doesn't matter. For a certain political party in this country, that is holy cow. And in fact, when we look what, what back is holy cow mean? and we say, it's not just right now, as you remember, Pete, when 
uh, the Russians annexed Crimea, which happens to be the same size as the state of Florida. 19 million people are in Florida. It's a peninsula. Uh, uh, Crimea is a peninsula. When they just decided to take that during the Obama days, do you recall what was the issue du jour in the country then? No, tell me. It was the cooking of the damn gay cakes in Indianapolis. You know, there was a there was a baker in Indianapolis, and they said that they didn't want to bake a cake for a gay marriage because it was against their religion. And then it started all this tidal wave of bullshit, like total waste of everybody's time. Well, because it doesn't matter. It's well, a the bakery has the right to accept the business or not accept the business, and the couple has the right to get married. Go to right? Jewel. Go to, go, to go, Jewel. Get a, go to another place, right? Go to, go to Publix. Go to Jewel. Get your cake. Make what is that? Betty Crocker. Make yeah. Betty Crocker. Just solve it. I'm sure you can solve it, and I'm sure it doesn't have to become some national. But it was. And what did we as Americans do when the Russians invaded Crimea? Absolutely fucking nothing. Zero. Nothing. I mean, we have more. I'm actually excited about the feedback that we're hearing now um, uh, about the Russian invasion because it's front and center for everybody and there's no hiding. But eight years ago or whenever that was, eight long years ago, or we we didn't care. We didn't know. Nobody knew where Crimea was. And so I guess what I'm saying is, I think in concentric circles, at the center of the concentric circle, it's good artwork for the Democrats. And I'm just going to go off the top of my head. You know, I I don't have notes in front of me. Maybe in other future ones, I will. But the, 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 the center of the bullseye for the Democrats is like social justice economic justice it is what is social justice fairness for all what is fairness fairness for all creatures except for the unborn but we'll get to that um choice friendliness you know being friendly and happy and and that kind of stuff uh it is so that's the core of the democrats the core of the republicans again in my opinion employment joblessness, entitlements, meaning um, personal responsibility. You have the responsibility to survive the way that I have the responsibility to survive, as does anybody else in the country. But we're not going to give you a free ride for the rest of your life because that's not how it works here. If you want that, you should go someplace where that, that's what they do. I don't have an opinion on where exactly you should go, but so it is the difference of what's at the core of the belief systems between the Republicans and the Democrats. When my Democrat friends start talking about BLM or they start talking about LGBTQ or or global warming, environment obviously is at the core of Democrats. I think about my concentric circle And all I hear all the time, all the time, 100% is outer orbit of that concentric circle. The stuff doesn't matter. Now, someone, 
what I just said. Someone's going to say, whoa, what do you mean the environment doesn't matter? Well, let me tell you this. Pete, how old is, is, is Earth? Really old. It's really old. It's older than me. It's like 4 billion years old. And guess what, Pete? Huh. Climate has changed during that 4 billion years. <gasps> Why do you, you can't say it. Part of what I do now, outside of uh, car parades and questioning the status quo, I, uh, I hunt for, for fossils down in Florida. And uh, all of Florida and all of America at one point was underwater, right? And there was acid rain and nothing could live on Earth. And then things could live on Earth. And then things did live on Earth for millions of years. They died. They settled to the bottom of the ocean until I found them through a strainer and uh, a shovel in the Peace River in Florida. So all this bullshit about is it global warming or is it then climate change because it's shifting. Guess what? Headline. It's been fucking changing for 4 billion years. The fact that that is a core element to who you are as a party, you want that, you want social justice. It's like nebulous things that you can't ever quantify. I want, I want to change the temperature on the the surface of the earth uh, in 12 years or else, you know, we're going to all float away or I don't know. We're going to, we're going to lose gravity. Uh, well, Charlie, Charlie Munger said it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's Warren Buffett's partner. And he said on the issue of climate change, they're both Democrats, on the issue of climate change. Well, they're Democrats back from the early days of Democrats weren't anything like what it is today. Yes. But they yes. said over the last hundred years, climate change uh, has been a half a degree. Whatever. It's the Internet. You want to find data. It's out there for confirmation yeah. bias. I'm just saying he's not sold on climate change. I'm not. For it or against it, I got an electric car because I don't like to go to a gas station. But oh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I'm that guy. But I'm sure that I got a the, gas guzzler, man, and I ain't, I'm never going to get rid of that. And I have a couple of motorcycles. And I, I am the i i want I want to burn as much carbon as I possibly can. It's wow. my goal, yeah, to burn. I I, I don't want to be the carbon neutral i want to be the carbon explosion i just want convenience that's all i want i want convenience so so the democratic party how did it get to be the where way let, let's just go back to the early days didn't they start out slavery because they they needed the manpower back in the day and the republicans uh you know got Got, got rid of that with Lincoln? Is that? Oh, they, they don't want you to know that. But yes, uh, Lincoln actually, as you know, uh, was the first Republican uh, who ran for president back in uh, 1860. And, and his party prior to the tr- uh, transition to the Republicans was the Whig party, the Whig, like a Whig. I need yeah. a Whig. And I suspect that, you know, the Whig party that was, that was, meant to look older, more distinguished, you know, more cerebral or whatever. So the Democrats were the rebels in the Civil War. One of my favorite shirts is, it's a picture of Lincoln's face with some 
sunglasses on that says, I've never seen the Democrats so mad on the top and on the bottom, it says, since we took away their slaves. Okay, so you have that. And then you had uh, FDR, he came in and, you know, the New Deal, and he had the four terms. He was elected, didn't finish out the fourth one, but, you know, he put everybody to work, but everybody was looking for the government to, I think that's where all the regulations came in and uh, people were getting used to the government to take care of them. Isolationism, you know, you know, it's happening over there. It doesn't affect me. I, I think where we're going is like, I think all of that stuff was, I'll call that foundational, right? Yeah. To, to establish uh, the, the framework that we have as Americans today. And one of the reasons why I got so fired up about like the, uh, the Trump uh, car parades and the militia and all this was that because I, I just saw all this monumental foundational challenge to who we are as Americans. And I was like, I'm not going to stand for it. And part of this gets into cancel culture. Lots of folks, you and I don't care because we are not beholden to a W-2 paycheck. Mm -hmm. But what our friends on the left do, and I am a, a victim of it myself with long story, uh, you know, they, they, they call up employers and they say, do you realize that you have an environmental denier, you know, that is a president of your company or, you know, a Trumpian right-wing cons conspirator? And if you don't get rid of that person, you know, we're, we're going to turn the switches on and they literally will call, email, you know, text, anything and everything they can to attack and get rid of somebody. The reason that they do that is because they can't win on an argument. What they have to do is they have to constantly try and stack the deck by removing somebody from a payroll so that you can destroy them, destroy their family, yeah, make, love, them, leverage. make them pay for not agreeing to the way that you think. So now, okay, so you, you had FDR and then you bounce back with Kennedy, that generation there it's almost like the Republicans today is the Democrats yes. back then, you know, yes. you know, ask not what your country can do for you. So you had that yes. going on. How did that turn into this? Like, what where did I'm going to bring it back to uh, Clinton, President Clinton. Okay. And so in the early nineties, you know, I was at a, at a medium sized company fresh out of school. Uh, and I remember all this Monica Lewinsky stuff coming out. And I thought to myself, this is a grown man. Like, I don't know how old he was at the time, but call him 50 something like my age yeah. now. He's a grown man who is president of the United States, who I don't care what the reason is. He just lied under oath. You lie under oath to the FBI. That's a problem for you and me and anybody watching this thing, this podcast, but it's not a problem for the president of the United States. So back then, I remember thinking, he's not my president. And I told my friends, he's not my president. And I had never heard anybody use that language before that. Like George Bush won, Reagan, even going back to Carter, right? Like I had never heard anybody say that, but that's what I felt personally. When the Republicans moved to impeach Clinton, I think at that time that was so monumental that that actually happened, they lost their mind. But when that happened, 
Clinton creating what he did in office enabled George W. to come into office. And if you remember, he didn't even really, you know, get involved in the political process. He, he didn't go out and do a lot of campaign speeches and campaigning. Well, he had his old uh, man. They kind of held him back. Uh, not like what they did with Biden just this past winter, a year ago, but, but it wasn't that far away from that. And so because of Clinton's action, it enabled George W. George W. gets in 9-11, Afghanistan, Iraq. He created his mess in, in, in the foreign wars is what created the opportunity for Obama to come in, who was completely different than George W. I would argue to you that Obama created the platform for, for Trump to come in. I personally, I, I, I will give Obama credit for how he navigated the, uh, the financial meltdown uh, based on credit swaps, uh, uh, mortgage credit swaps, yeah. all that stuff in 08, 09 and before. You know, that, that was, that, as we all know, a horrible meltdown waiting to happen. The only question was, how bad is it going to get? But, but ever since the Clinton thing, um, we've had one kind of outlier enable the other outlier to come in, and that's where we are right now with the, the partisanship. And it's, it's horrible. The most existential threat to America is not climate change. People that actually believe that that's the case, I imagine there's therapy, maybe there's a hospital. Isn't it more of a like an elitist thing where the Maslow hierarchy of needs, if you, you have all your needs taken care of and you feel safe, climate change, like you go to the south side of Chicago, the northwest side of Chicago, ain't nobody caring about no climate change. They want to make huh. sure they don't get shot, right? Yeah. So yeah. first of all, everyone has the right to care about the climate, but if you care about the climate, that means you don't. You're not so worried about everything else. You know what I mean? I, I, I think the question is, what, what are your top priorities? And for me, in America, economy. Like, we are the world's largest economy and greatest economy for a reason. And it's, it goes all the way back to the history of the American people. The people that came to America seven generations ago were the ones that could not own land in Germany, that they could not own land in the UK, they couldn't own land wherever they were. They were willing to risk their lives and their families' lives to go overseas and start someplace that they just heard something about. Six generations, generation after generation building on that creates a pretty aggressive innovator or consumer. And I used to spend a lot of time overseas with the Germans and, you know, with, uh, with the Italians in their hometown. And, and they would be like, you know, what is it about America? And I just said, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a land where people do not stop with the word no. They just figure out ways to make things happen other ways. I happen to believe I got a couple of businesses now. I've been in a couple of businesses. You're the same way. I happen to believe that if you want to do anything in this country, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your background is. If you have a target and you want to achieve that target, 
whether it's I want to go to Harvard or I want to sell crack at 63rd and University in Chicago, mm-hmm. you can do that. And, and those that have intestinal fortitude and they don't, they figure out ways to make things happen as opposed to accepting excuses on why they can't. It's what I believe. How do you put a limit on the handouts? People get themselves in horrible situations through decision-making or no fault of their own. It happens. We be, careful on that, be careful on that fault. No fault yes. of their own. You know what I mean? You, you throw that out there, then it's like, well, it's not my fault. It doesn't matter I, if I it's guess, your fault or not. It, you could be in a situation for many reasons. I, I could go for a walk this afternoon, throw a clot, and I can't provide for my family anymore. Things need to happen then. You know, uh, support would need to occur. So we have to have that. But I do believe that, you know, things need to be time bound. They need to be action bound. You know, when when I've been on unemployment, I don't know if you have. You you dial in and you say, you know, I've been looking for work for the last two weeks or, you know, maybe it's different now. But when I did it before, you know, did you did you go and look for a job and you hit two for yes? Well, I would hit two. Did I actually go out and look for a job and interview for it? You know, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. You know, I don't know. It was a long time ago. There was a lot of weeks in there, but it's loosey goosey. So things should tighten up a little bit. There should be, uh, you know, there should be well, social workers or people that work with the individual to help equip them to be successful. You know, it's also a question of the overall and. Uh, economy, if the economy is doing poorly and 10% unemployment or whatever, you know, getting a job is hard. Right now, getting a job is a joke. Like they're paying $15 starting salaries, hourly pay for someone flipping a burger in in McDonald's. 22, 30. Yeah, yeah, and and more, right? Day labor. I mean, well, you got you got the inflation, and the employment's going to go up because those jobs are going to go away. You're just going to have robots coming up with a domestic list of priorities for Americans, and how we would do this, I don't know. But number one, most important, is our security important? I would think that, yeah, you know, across all Americans, do we want to get invaded by uh, uh, Nicaragua? Probably not. So safety probably is a big yeah. one. Uh, uh, access to food and water and groceries, you know, access right. to stuff that we need to survive is important. Um, if we agree that we want choice when we walk into the uh, grocery store or when we're looking to buy a home or a car or want to buy something nice for my youngest son's birthday. If we agree that that's important, well, then economy is important and jobs are important. And and at that point, we start to see a separation because there's some people that say supporting employers who offer the jobs to people to pay them money and health insurance and, you know, earnings so that they can provide for their family is extremely important. While another portion of humanity here says uh, the government should do all that stuff. The government should give the money, should give the job, should give 
you know, they should be the ones that they should be giving money to the individuals, not the companies, the individuals, even yeah. though yeah. a majority of those individuals don't pay a single dime in taxes because they don't have a job. And I'm, I'm, I'm over summarizing and people are going to, you know, blow their minds with that, but I'll keep coming back to this. And that is you, when we start talking about these large issues, you're going to say, well, my uncle, you know, uh, needed, was on Medicaid for a period of time and then worked himself out and went on and, and, and did great things. That's great. And that's the way that it should be. Unfortunately, that number is about 5% or, you know, yeah. off the top yeah. of my head and we could do some more research. There's no fact checkers but here, Rob. Don't worry about it. It's probably a very small amount of people that do that. When we're talking about a really small percentage of people that do that, why are we talking about that? I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the bolus of people that are in a program and yeah, exceptions happen all the time. Let's move those exceptions out. How long do you provide aid to someone? And I, I think that to get them through a thing, you know, give them a year, okay? Like help somebody out for a year with financially and with a social worker and, you know, really work with you to set the table to get a job. If you can't get a job, especially in this economy, if you can't get a job in a year, guess what? You probably don't want a job, okay? So, there is the I'm trying and I can't get it, or I'm acting like I'm trying, but I really don't want it. And I don't want to do that. At some work. point, we need to we need to cut stuff off. We just need to cut stuff off. People find a way. Water finds a way, right? We've heard that saying. People find a way. Well, there needs to be a safety net, but there's no objective way to figure out armed services. You have to go in, or you have to yeah. Yeah. You know, like in Europe, right? Isn't it? You got to get your first right out of school. You have to serve for a year or two. Israel. Why doesn't anybody invade Israel? It's because the entire humanity there has been in the army and they all, they have guns. We all have guns. We haven't been in the army, but I'll tell you what, Nicaragua is going to think about, think twice about uh, coming into America with 350 guns, million guns. It's not going to happen. Well, that sounds and, like an episode. And look at Ukraine. Like Ukraine, Russia is 40 miles away from Kiev. Yep. They call it Kiev. Did you notice that? It changed yeah. from Kiev to Kiev. So I'm going to go. Or, with the, or the, the Ukraine or Ukraine. Yeah, Kiev. They've been 40 miles from Kiev. They can't get close. Why? Because everybody's got guns in the cities. And, and they know if they start stepping foot in those cities, man. The bullets are going to be coming from all over the place. And that, you know, and thank God for the Second Amendment. I'm a big Second Amendment guy. Oh, that's a that's a whole nother deal. That's hey, before we before we forget, hey, our boy Joe Severino's Women's Republican Club of Lake Forest Lake Bluff invites you to meet Joe April Severino. 12th. Joe, uh let's see, GOP candidate, 10th con congressional district. Uh, he's got a fundraiser, uh, April 13th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Michelle at 847-528-8721, 847-528-8721, or Jennifer at gopgen60045 at gmail.com. Come on, GOP Jen, you can, why don't you buy a URL? Come on. 
You know, you know, Joe. Um, I've I've uh, I've communicated with him. I can tell you that I strongly believe that all of this lockdown bullshit and uh, the quarantine and the removal of freedoms and the erosion of the fabric of this country, we need to make people pay for that. And we need to be active on that. And in Illinois, I also live in Florida and I see how the other side operates and works. And we have a fetish. We've had a fetish of COVID here for two years that we can't get past. And I got to tell you, there's other states absolutely laughing at the state of Illinois. And they don't pay any time, like a, a fifth of the time. On is it all the state of Illinois or the state of Chicago? Have. So what we have to do is we're going to continue talking about this stuff openly. Honestly, we're going to have guests come in and Bottom line, we have to hold these people accountable. We need to make them pay for making our lives and our families' lives miserable, creating the kind of mental health problems that we have in the country because of all this stuff. They don't deserve to keep their jobs. We need to fire them all on the left, in my opinion, all of them. You did have a pretty, before we sign off, you did have a pretty popular post on uh a ticket you suggested for the next uh, presidential run. You know, I'm a conservative guy. I sent Manchin money uh, because what he did with Build Back Better bullshit, BBB, I added mm -hmm. a B, Build Back Better bullshit, is he just said, this is, we cannot do this. I mean, we, we're talking about inflation and all this stuff right now. Imagine if we added another $3 trillion onto that. How much would a, would a jug of milk cost then? Like $15? And so Manchin, he, he cared about America. He cared about Americans. And he took all the crap that he did from the left so that this country had the capability to survive another day. And so if he ran for president, man, I, I, in a second, I would support him. I would do Manchin car parades. I think Tim Scott would be an awesome, you know, obviously a different party. Uh, you know, you're getting a diversity of thought in there. Uh, and I think that would be fabulous. So how are we going to fix things? Mm -hmm. We got to stop wasting time on bullshit. And we need well, to identify what the priorities are for this country. And we need to address those things. You and can't if that fix means that you hit the top, the top 10 priorities and the other 10 have to wait until next year. Sorry. It's just, it's not a top 10 priority. It's just not. You can't fix the problems that you have now with the same thinking that got you where you are today. Right. So that's right. All right, Rob, not bad. I'm sure we'll get a little flack, but that's okay. We're big boys. If somebody on the uh, other side of the table wants to come on, which they won't, they're all talk. They just type and talk. Go to Facebook. Well, but we would love it. We would love it because they won't know, do it. We'd help, love help it, but us, they won't do it. Help us understand why climate change is the most existential threat to America today. Thanks for listening to Center Right Radio on the North Shore Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know you'd like to hear about the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete. Can be, be reached at pete at centerright.net. The link will be in the podcast notes. 
We thank our Patreon sponsors, Shark Guide Beach Fishing, their premier South Florida beach fishing experience out of Longboat Key, Florida. Their world-renowned captains not only put you on the fish, but they'll help you and your family make a memory of a lifetime. Check them out on Facebook or at sharkguidebeachfishing.com. Contact them today to schedule an outing. Shark Guy is your guy for your next charter. Rob, great show, my friend. Uh, it's only going to get better from here. Uh, we'll see what the feedback is. We, we, we have our heads on a sw swivel. We thank you for listening. Cue the music. <laughs>